so thank you everyone for joining uh, this speak in webinar uh, we have an amazing panel today uh, on sculpting thoughts through writing uh, i'll introduce the moderator for today mr arun anand he is the author of best sellers you know uh, sorry uh, know about rss and the saffron search mr arun anand is a professional media consultant journalist and writer he has more than 20 years of experience in editorial functions in print web and television and has several books to his credit thank you mr anand for structuring today's discussion thank you for inviting me uh, our first panelist for today mr ron malotra is an award winning well planner renowned thought leader entrepreneur best selling author international speaker and business mentor he is also the founder of the successful mail and the managing director of maple tree wealth management and black footed business advisors thank you mr malotra for your time today in this session thank you pleasure to be here thank you we are also mr uh, sorry dr piyush kumar who is the owner of prabhat prakashan one of the leading publishing houses in india with a 60 year old reputation in publishing books especially in vernacular language such as hindi and sanskrit thank you dr thank kumar you. for joining this session today and now yeah. hand over the floor to mr anand for taking this discussion forward yeah thank you nijanch and uh, welcome all of you uh i i i think you know this webinar is or this conversation which we are going to have it's going to be quite different from most of the uh, other webinars or conversations uh, which you have because it's about writing you know and sculpting your thoughts through writing and uh, as you know uh, earlier it used to be courtesy whatsapp university but now courtesy lockdown so i think a lot of people have discovered uh, that yes they have the potential to write and a lot of people have discovered that strong urge to write a lot of people have also discovered that they have a craft to write and uh, so how to you know bring all these together things together i'm sure you know once this lockdown is over we are going to see a flurry of publications and uh, a, and a, a surge of you know new authors uh, on a wide variety of subjects and i also think you know the interesting thing is that before this covid 19 lockdown thing uh, what had happened that uh, generally uh, the 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 non fiction most of the uh, new writers or this thing so non fiction was gradually gaining precedence over fiction but i think now uh, covid 19 has you know whenever there is such a tragic event or whenever there is such a you know uh, massive event which shakes uh, the world so it's always best explained i would say through fiction though largely i have myself been you know a non fiction writer but i think we are going to see some really good fiction writers uh, coming out of this thing and writing fiction is we'll also discuss this uh, with mr malhotra and dr piyush that uh, whether it is easy to you know uh, write fiction or whether it is easy uh to write non fiction whether it is preferable to write fiction as your first book or whether it is preferable to write non fiction which languages you should be looking at when you are uh, writing uh the way you need to market yourself uh because you know there is a general impression which is not the correct impression as far as my experience in terms of writing books and getting published is concerned that if you get a very big publishing house the so called big publishing house let's say 
uh, an international publishing house, which has a big name, uh, and whose books you often see on display at the airports and uh, in Khan market. So you feel that, okay, you have arrived. But many authors, when they publish their first book, so they become so disappointed that, you know, they actually, they're so heartbroken that they're not able to come out with the second book. So I would say eight out of 10 authors, uh, when they enter the world of writing and, uh, or when they, you know, the, the sculpting of thoughts happen through the writing. So, uh, but then, uh, what looks, you know, all that glitters is not gold. They realize. So it's like any other profession or like any other industry. It's a, there, there's no shortcut to success here also. But the best part about, you know, writing or the best part about sculpting your thoughts through writing is it's one, it, it is one of those professions or it is one of those things or it is one of those crafts where your passion and your profession can become one. There are very few such uh, streams uh, which are available right now. Of course, music is one, but uh, then uh, art is another one. Uh, and then writing is uh, another one. And fortunately, writing has come off age in India. Now we are also entering into, a, or prob probably we have entered into, you know, a big digital age. And now uh, the audiobooks are making a comeback. The e-books are emerging. The self-publishing is also, you know, available here. So you don't need to actually go to a publisher at times to become, you know, to, to get published. And uh, so all these things, you know, uh, there are very, these are very interesting and exciting times. And also, uh, there are a lot of people I'm sure who right now must be chronicling the, uh, you know, the, the way this world order is changing, the historical moments which we are witnessing right now where the whole world seems to have first come to a standstill and now you know, facing a challenge. So I would uh, end my, uh, you know, uh, conversation. But there's just one point which I want to make. And uh, Nijansh, who had introduced the topic, and there's a very common, I won't say mistake or this thing. So uh, my dear friend Nijansh, I just, with due apologies to you, and no offense meant to you, the use of vernacular languages is a legacy of the colonial past. Vernacular is a derogatory word for Indian languages. And you should call it basically Indian languages. This word has come from Vernacular Press Act, which was passed by the Britishers in 1980s to ban or to deal with, you know, the Indian language publications, which were uh, uh, kind of, you know, awakening the country for a freedom movement. So my humble request to all of you who are with us, and uh, these, these, this is the mistake which is committed by, you know, uh, not only, uh, not a mistake, there's a common fault line which has been created by the uh, Western uh, thought process. So everybody calls it vernacular, so we also call it vernacular. So we should avoid saying it, calling vernacular, we should call it basically Indian languages. Uh, so I'll hold my thoughts here, and uh, uh, Mr. Malhotra and Dr. Piyush, uh, both of you are uh, most welcome. And uh, I think, you know, there is always, you should always come out with a caveat or, you know, a disclaimer. And especially, you know, writers uh, must, you know, take care of the disclaimer. So my first disclaimer is that Piyush I became a writer because of Piyush 
and all my books have been published by prabhat prakashan or its sister uh, publication ocean books so uh, i have got a great opportunity today to you know settle the score you know the relationship between the writers and the publisher it's a blow hot blow cold kind of a thing so i had been looking forward to this opportunity for almost 10 years now and finally i've got it thanks to speaking so anyway the first question to mr uh, ron malhotra mr malhotra you have a background in uh, you know business uh, you you have a in terms of you know the business studies and your stream is you know uh, this thing and then you come out with a book uh, best seller this thing so what is it that actually basically propelled you you know because writing is considered to be a very very i would say it's kind of a you know uh, uh, it uh, banks on the side of a kind of a feminine uh, you need to have that feminine touch you know that creativity there is a business when you comes to business it's basically you know cut throat so these two things seems to be you know uh, uh, contradictory so how do you resolve this paradox what a great question to start off with well yes you're right there was a time when business especially after the industrial revolution and as we got into the information age business was largely perceived to be a purely intellectual endeavor and so uh, people who would typically opt to go into the business world were people who had a very advanced reasoning and analytical capabilities and what we would call as predominant left brain functions but what has happened is as we have gotten out of the information age and gone towards the digital slash social age there is a lot of emphasis on businesses that have a purpose okay so if you actually consider how our entire workplace is structured is that we compensate workers for mental and physical exertion so you come and work for me if i'm a capitalist i see you as a mind and a body you give me your mental um, mental and physical capabilities and in exchange for that i give you a salary which is your compensation now what has happened is as we have looked at the entire world structure around academic education as well as the work the current work system a lot of the things that have come out now is starting to the world is starting to understand that iq is not the sole predictor of life success and so there has been a lot of talk in the last 10 years about eq which is self awareness social awareness self management and relationship management meaning that a lot of people are starting to understand that a human being is not just a mind and a body it's also a heart and a spirit so this is now starting to translate in the business world where there is a massive mistrust about corporations a lot of people don't trust the government they do not trust corporations and now there is a place for heart centric business people to come out and solve a problem that they deeply care about So once upon a time in your management literature it was considered that the number one reason to get into business was profit orientation today it's no longer the case today people are getting into business because they have a passion to solve a particular problem that they deeply care about now when that happens and you have a business where you the decisions come from your heart not so much from your brain but the decision has come from your heart for example my first business is a wealth management business Now I started a wealth management business because I came from a background where we didn't have money. And nobody around me had money. And all these people who went through the traditional education system had degrees and they had good stable jobs, they were all broke or they were all struggling for money. 
So I was fascinated why so many people in the world seem to struggle financially, despite going through the education system, despite getting positions in large corporations. And so that question became my passion for wanting to find out how money works. I didn't get into wealth management because it's a fancy industry, because it would make me look like a very successful man. I got into it because at the deepest level, I wanted to solve this money problem for people. And I wanted to know why is it that so many good people, so many talented people, by the time they retire, they end up depending on the government or they end up depending on their families. So my reason was not intellectual. I felt something and I felt like the majority of people in the world, obviously when it comes to financial education, are severely lacking. Now, what happens is obviously when you start a business and it's coming from that type of motivation, you have something to say to the world. You feel something, right? You want to express something. I was expecting that the wealth management world would answer a lot of my questions, but I realized that there was a lot of vested interest in the financial services world as well. And that a lot of the time, the money was not being made by investors and average people. It was being made by the financial consultants. So that's why I decided to write my first book, which is Eight Wealth Habits of Financially Successful People. The book was written because I felt that at a fundamental level, people were missing the basics of financial education. So in short, my reason for writing the book was I had something to say, which I wanted the world to know. And I felt that what was out there in financial services literature, as well as in the industry was not adequate. So I had a unique perspective on money, which I wanted to bring to the world in a very simple format, a non-technical format. So the average person can understand the foundations when it comes to the language of money. Uh... Thank you. Uh, you. You have really, you know, explained uh, it very well. And Dr. Piyush, now uh, you uh, have, you know, one of the leading publishing houses in the country and you have been, your family has been in the business for more than six decades. And uh, as far as I know, you know, you have the kind of books you have published. It ranges from, you know, books or written by the Prime Minister, current Prime Minister, Shri Narendra Modi to, you know, literally the who's who, uh, whether it is Dr. Kalam or uh, whether, you know, it's uh, Atal Bihari Vajpayee and cutting across basically people have written scientists, you know, uh, army men, uh, economists, so, and in both the languages, of course. Now you get a bunch of, you know, and uh, you get a bunch of, you know, manuscripts every day and you have been dealing with, you know, uh, the writers who come to you, the writers who approach you, I want to know what is your experience that over the last few years or so, what has been your personal experience uh, while running this publishing house? What is it that is why people want to write? In, in, in the, most of the people, majority of the people, what is the main motivation that they want to write and get published? Uh, it's like this. And let's be candid about it. First thing is that uh, mostly the authors who come to us as an author, first time writers, they're not much interested in the money money aspect. This is right because they have something just like Mr. Ron shared. There are some thoughts and they see some some something is lacking in the market, which some particular area is uh, a virgin area where they can have a dominance and they can write and enlighten people on a particular topic. So that's the first thing which comes to their mind. 
and secondly they think that uh, if they if they're not uh, writing it it doesn't make a sense for for them being an expert on a particular subject so other than fiction most of the people who come to us as first time authors they are they, so they are they are dealing with some shares they are dealing with the fitness or some kind of education they are doing mathematics so people write all kind of books other than fiction as a first time author and for the fiction author also uh, writing fiction has become a very easy thing now and they got so many things are happening and, and you see i see as this is the one of the best timing for publishing in this way in india there's so much of things are happening and as per the fikki data we are number 3 publishing country in the world as of now so after uk and us we are the third largest publisher of english books and gradually we see a lot of surge in the readership also is coming up now so and the important thing has been the internet with the penetration of the internet we are able to map all the, almost all the pin codes now so the delivery is easy now and we we, we can reach people so everything is happening and it's very good but again at the challenge as a challenge for the publisher is to pick and choose what to publish and what not to publish only in this uh, two months period of time we got 30 almost nearly 25 uh, good manuscripts on corona like something something to do with the corona we just got in therefore yesterday we got a book love in love in lockdown and before that one person is already writing a book on uh loving loving the zoom class so the, you see uh, there's no dearth of ideas which are coming up in the book, uh, form of book form so now the publisher has to decide what to publish and again the marketing aspect is very important how do you market the book and how do you position the you see almost 10 million books have been published worldwide every year and out of this 10 million at least 5 lakhs books are published in india so we have to we have to make a dent then you have to make a lot of marketing efforts uh mr manohar yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh mr malhotra uh, uh what has been your experience been in terms of you know uh, getting your book published after you wrote it uh you had to you know uh, kind of did you were you able to find the right kind of publisher or was there somebody who was hand holding you with about this thing or you just you know traversed on your own along with some inputs from your friends and uh, this thing uh, and also you know uh, what was your process of writing yeah well my first book was self published and i had determined that it's not difficult to publish a book these days and it's not very difficult to become a published author but i didn't just want to be a published author i wanted to be a best impacting author and a best selling author not just a published author and i made the realization after my first book i mean my first book took me two and a half years to write my second book only took me 6 months because i had now understood the writing process but i'd also understood that the work actually starts after the book is published that's when the book the work real work starts because the actual promotion distribution and marketing of the book is the biggest challenge and ultimately you don't want to write an amazing book that is sitting in boxes at home and it's not getting in the hands of people and even once it gets in the hands of people 
you want to leave a transformational impact on them. So after my first book, I learned a lot of lessons. My first book took me two and a half years. I did not have a writing process. So I created my own writing process. Now I teach people how to use that writing process to write a book fast without compromising the essence, the message and the quality of the book. Okay, so not just putting something out there because what's happening these days is a lot of people are being told to go and write a book because the book is a fantastic credibility builder and you can use the book instead of a business card. The problem with that is it's all it's doing is a lot of people are producing sub quality books and putting them in the market. So the, there is nothing wrong in producing a book that you're going to use to promote your business or your brand. It's, but the problem is if you put a book which is not high quality and it's not going to make some sort of an impact, then you are wasting people's time. Even if a book is not too expensive to buy, but you're wasting people's time because if I read a book and I find that after I read the book, the book did not create much value for me. For the rest of my life, that author's reputation is tainted in my mind. Right? So that's, the, so that's the first thing I realized that it was not just about becoming a published author. I wanted to be a best impacting and a best, best selling author. And I didn't want to feel any shame about the fact that it doesn't matter how good your book is. If you don't know how to sell it, it's pointless. So I had to develop the mindset of a marketer and a salesperson as well. And so that was the first part. The second part was I didn't want to just put out information in the world. There is already a lot, ton of information out there. What I wanted to do was to provide some unique insights. Now, my first, my first book was a, a self-publishing process. The, the actual self-publishing process doesn't cost a lot of money. But what I did after I published the book, I engaged the assistance of professional marketers to tell me how I can market this book well. That advice was invaluable because I learned a lot. I learned how to get my, my book in the hands of people. I learned how to get it into libraries. I learned, I learned how to sell it myself at my own events, my workshops and my seminars. And uh, so that's how the process started. My second uh, book was also it was through a hybrid publisher. Hybrid publishers, uh, maybe Mr. Kumar knows, but hybrid publisher is the type of publisher. They, it's half self-publishing and half distribution. So they supposedly provide you with marketing assistance and, and the second publisher did provide me with marketing assistance, but ultimately I made the realization that nobody was going to market my book as well as I could. Why? Because I was the most passionate about my book. Nothing against the publishers. It's just the realization I had that the sole responsibility of marketing the book was mine. Now, and, and then my fifth book, which I've just recently put out, which is at the back here, Impossible to Fail, that book um, was done through a publisher uh, quite recently. And uh, it's a joint effort. So she is somebody that is well known to me. Um, she is someone who really believes in my message. She actually took the time to read my book. Um, and it's been a joint effort in marketing that book. So uh, you know, I've learned a lot of things along the way as when it comes to publishing a book. And one of the things I say is, first of all, don't just become a published author, try and make an impact. Second of all, don't just provide information, provide some unique insights. Number three, try and solve some sort of a practical problem through your book if you're writing a nonfiction book. I can't comment on fiction book. I'm a pragmatist. You know, I'm a very practical guy. 
Uh, I, I, I don't live in a world of fantasies. I love fiction. I have a real appreciation for fiction artists. But personally for me, I'm going, if I'm going to write something, it has to have practical implications. So uh, that's why I can't really say much about uh, fiction books, but, I, ca but I, can, I do say that when it comes to a non-fiction book, it must solve a specific problem for a specific audience. So meaning that the book does not necessarily need to have mass appeal. Decide who are you writing it for. So when I write my books now, and I've got my draft done for my sixth book, which I hope to launch at the end of this year, when I now write a book, I only think of one person who I'm writing it for. And what it does is it helps me make the book very conversational. As you were saying yourself, Arun, you were talking about this meeting being, this conversation being conversational. Let's not make it a formal Q&A. I wanted my books to be conversational, like I'm actually having a personal conversation with the person. So now for me to do that, I must have a visual of one person, not an entire group, not an entire demographic, but one person. And for me, that's been very helpful because it allows me to speak in a conversational and a more personable tone when, I'm, when I feel like I'm writing for one person. Piyuji, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, can you hear me, Piyuji? I think there is some issue with uh, this. Uh, yeah, Dr. Piyush, can you hear me? Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, Dr. Uh, I think probably Tilly gets back uh, online with us. So uh, uh, Mr. Marotra, uh, another thing which I wanted to ask you was that uh, how do you, you know, uh, because you have a business which, uh, and you have, you know, multiple businesses. So is it a, basically, you know, there are two ways of writing. One is, you know, somebody like Kushwan Singh used to write. So that was his uh, style. You know, every morning he'll get up at five o'clock and he writes because he has to write. And uh, then there is another set of writers for whom writing is a stress buster. So uh, for my, the one set of people, they're basically, you know, but that, okay, if I have to write, I have to write. There's no writer's blog. There's nothing like that. You know, every day I have to punch in 2000 words or 3000 words. And that becomes, you know, the part of their life. That's part of them. And they don't have to think about it uh, in the sense that they don't have to make a very conscious effort towards that. And on the other hand, there are writers, uh, which are uh, uh, this thing. Uh, so uh, who, who, for whom it's a stress buster. So I'll, I'll, I'd like you to answer that question, but because we've got Dr. Piyush uh, back, so I will just toss this question, another question to him, and then we'll come with this question to you. So Dr. Piyush, uh, Mr. Ron was talking about a very important point that, you know, uh, for nonfiction writers, it is important to resolve some specific issue in their book about some specific and keeping in mind some specific audience. Uh, now, in, uh, what I find very interesting is that while in the rest of the world, we see, you know, the fiction writers, whether it is the Ludlums or, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, there are so many new writers which are coming up there and they're selling so well and they are, I keep on reading, you know, New York Times bestseller translated in 50 languages, you know, 1 million copies sold almost on every second or third book it is there. 
इंडस्ट्री or the new you know the a new rock star has arrived uh like if you say if first time authors book is published and sells more than 1 lakh copies 100000 copies that should be a best seller and we can say that rock star is born and he can deliver something like if you uh, there are very few but again the number of such authors are very few in last say 10 uh, 50 years we just seen chetan bhagat ravinder singh durjo datta and very very few there was a time when there was a drought of self publishing self help books shiv khera has played that market again his one book you can win was one of the best sellers and after the other books which have come they have not been doing so well but chetan bhagat has been exception and now also his market also declining because you you can never keep that pace so again new things are coming up there are very very a new author who's come up and his book is dark horse and his name is middel and he's an ex ups aspirant upsc aspirant and his book is doing very well dark horse it has sold something like uh, like 3.5 lakh copies it's in hindi and now the english version of their book is also coming out so is thinking best seller in indian uh, english and hindi language is a bit difficult no every you can see a lot of books are coming up with the, with the tag national bestseller and you see the amazon ranking if you see the uh, nielsen report the number doesn't exist so that's a flaw on the publisher the publisher should not do such kind of thing the putting a tag of it has to be a bestseller and at least 15000 copies should be as a benchmark for becoming a national bestseller I just want to have a quick question along with that to you, Dr. Piyush. Uh, uh, do you see more bestsellers in English, or do you see more bestsellers in Hindi, or is the criteria same for both the languages in India? No, the criteria is one to five. The English English audience is increasing rapidly. Is increasing rapidly. The Hindi is also pacing up, but English definitely is uh, going very far. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Ron, coming back to you uh, with the question which I tossed to you, so kindly uh, your comment on that. Oh, I've even forgotten the question. Could you just repeat that for me? Okay. <laughs> I was very engaged with what what Mr. Kumar was saying. Okay, so then I think we'll take a cue from this thing and move on to this thing. So, what all efforts? Uh, how you know uh, there is also uh, what happens that. Uh, there are a lot of uh, writers you know they actually need uh, when you start writing and when you start interacting and uh, you know this certain groups of uh, people basically there are certain writers who form a group also you know wh- what you call the fellow writers but as they say you know in economics that if there are 20 economists then there are 21 views and uh, it's also you know it's uh, for journalists also they often say you know uh to get a bunch of journalists together is you know like basically weighing 
you know a bunch of tadpoles uh so it's very difficult to you know put them together so do you have have you developed a peer group or uh, uh you have a bunch of you know writers who are friends and you people sit together discuss this thing and who are not from your uh, genre in the sense that who are not from your profession or the uh, industry domain where you work so do you have a peer group have you been able to develop a peer group or you i i haven't i haven't because i'm quite self initiated uh and uh, and i think it depends on your personality type uh, some people do very well uh in terms of creative ideas in collaboration with others some people prefer to do that in solitude so i try i i do it on in solitude having said that once my draft is done i do like to get the opinion of a professional editor and so there is a few conversations back and forth after i finish my first or second draft and i think it just reminded me of your previous question as well um i depending on how much time i have if i have time i will write the book or type the book if i'm short on time i will speak the book i will get a dictaphone and i will i will actually speak into it and the reason i'm able to do that a lot more now is because i am very proficient with my content and the reason for that is and i highly recommend this to every author is before you write a book or at the same time as you're writing a book regularly produce content on social media as well because what it's going to do is it's going to allow you to refine your skills and it will give you a good idea of what type of content is thought provoking for your audience so it gives you a testing ground to be able to see what type of content but the other thing that happen is happens is you will start to understand your own writing style so my writing style is very direct and it will appeal to some readers and it will repel otherly other readers so but i know what my target audience is so what i don't do is i don't dilute my message i don't dilute my message but i i highly recommend that people do uh, start writing on social media now one of the suggestions that i make to my students when they're writing a book is when you write you write when you edit you edit don't write and edit at the same time now that's my suggestion and i say to them look try it if it doesn't work for you you can write and edit at the same time the reason for that is when you have the flow happening when you're in the flow and ideas are coming out of you you don't want to stop the flow so just get your ideas on paper as quickly as you can i always say to them look get the first draft as quickly as you can because if you take we you know I've, and i have a one of my clients is a doctor he has been writing his book for over 5 years now and because he's not finishing his first draft he's not going to do it i i keep telling him get the first draft done and so why now i say to my students look don't edit the book when you're writing it when you write you write when you edit you edit and have separate time slots for those The other thing I tell them is have a timer. For 30 minutes don't don't get up. Don't have your phone next to you. Have a glass of water and maybe a small snack. And for 30 minutes don't get up. Just write. And if you get a block, just move away and then come back. But I even tell them you don't need to type, you don't need to write. You can even use your phone. And now we're starting to find one of our students actually wrote his entire book on his phone. 
So it doesn't really matter. The medium doesn't matter, provided that you have the passion for it. But I do suggest that people start writing and they write every day. One of the best secrets to becoming a writer, it's really simple, is to write and write every day. People don't do that. They want to start when they become perfect, but the only way to become good as a writer is to constant, constant iterations. And the more you write, the better you're gonna get. That's why I'm a big fan of people sharing ideas and insights every day on social media. If you do that for one or two years, you will find that your writing skill will improve dramatically. The other, option, the other thing that I tell people is also going to help them become a good writer is reading. See, behind me, I have everything from Socrates to Plato to Dante. The reason is when I read the works of amazing, eminent philosophers and thinkers of, of, of the world, George Bernard Shaw, what it does is it stimulates my mind because I can see the way they perceive things. So it's giving me a lot of different perspectives and it's giving me an insight into how these people used to think. They're some of the greatest thinkers in the world. And the third recommendation is start speaking. There is an interrelationship between speaking and writing. One results in the other. So the better writer you become, the better speaker you become in most cases. And the more you speak, the better writer you become. Because when you speak and you write in front of an audience, you are forced to concentrate and condense your thoughts and speak and communicate with clarity. So you're forced to take your scattered ideas and thoughts and focus them and channel them. That makes you a good author as well. So these are the three recommendations that I make to people if they want to become a better author. Yeah, Piyuji, I just wanted to ask you a couple of things on this thing. And I've opened the floor. I'm actually, you know, clubbing now the questions which I'm asking. So there are questions which are coming up from our viewers also. And uh, so I'm clubbing all these questions. And uh, so that, you know, and because the time is less, so I would not be able to take the names of all of them. But there are a lot of questions which are coming. Uh, Piyuji, you tell me why we are struggling to uh, sell books uh in india uh, let's leave apart you know the textbooks or the educational books or the books which are required for competitive exams but i often you know meet publishers also and you know uh, we have now e-commerce platforms we have a bigger purchasing power uh, we have uh, a, a much larger aspirational crowd and yet we struggle to you know sell the books yet we have not been able to create, uh, though I don't like want comparison or this thing, but I'll tell you a very interesting incident. Agatha Christie, once she was asked that you are one of the, you are the greatest contemporary cr uh, crime writers uh, right now in the world. And what Christie said that, no, there is a bigger writer than me and his name is Ibn Safi. Ibn Safi was a, a pre-independence uh, crime writer, a writer of you know, crime novels in India, thrillers. And his book later on, he went to Pakistan, of course, and then his books got translated in uh, Hindi also. And Harper Collins has recently come out with a collection of Ibn Safi as uh, the translation he used to write in Urdu. So that was a kind of, they, we had somebody like Devki Nandan Khatri, uh, who wrote, you know, uh, Chandrakanta Devka, Devka, Santati. And if I am, correct me, yeah, correct me if I am wrong, that people used to learn Hindi to read that. And people for used to reach at that 
printing press in Banaras two days earlier and sleep in front of the press. Diary book depot. Diary book depot is a yeah, yeah. So then, when the books, you know, will get published, and then so we had, you know, icons like you know, uh, Premchand. We have even in English we have uh, we had icons like you know, R K Narayanan, and uh, so. But what has happened to us in terms of you know, uh, we. Don't seem to be, you know, figuring on that, uh, or uh, is it that the publishing world has become too democratized? No, no, it is not for the publishing world as such. The whole, whole thing lies that in, in we from the early childhood, uh, the entire country has we have been not taught as books, reading book other than our course material as our reading as the passion, or second thing that we we should develop, inculcate. The parents are so much focused about the number thing, the number thing for the percentage of the student that we hardly look upon the other aspect. You will ask a uh, child, "What do you want to become? He wants to become a doctor. He wants to become an engineer, and he can become a scientist also. But he want he doesn't want to become an author, like because author is a, not known as an identity as a whole. Mm -hmm. So that uh, that's a reason, one of the reasons. But again, always say, "Apna time aayega," and this is the rightest time which has come now. So this all thing has been in the past now. Things are coming up very fastly, and we are with the kind of numbers that we see of the sale from the Hindi books. The things are very good, and again uh, by say 2020, uh, 22, India would be one of the largest producer. As of now, we are the third largest, and by 2022, we should be the largest seller of books across all languages. So. Uh, this I'm talking other than textbooks. So again, the things are coming up and things are shaping up. It is just that we need to target and make people, uh, students realize that reading is uh, uh, reading as a passion should be created. So that is one thing which was missing now, and things are picking up because again the literature of again literature in other languages not coming up at par. What used to be written by Premchand, Mahadev Verma, and Ravindra Tagore, the literature which is coming up now. Not at all. Uh, now I think you know we are. We have just uh, kind of a one one and a half minutes left. So I'll just take a one quick take on you know what's your advice for from both of you. You know the last uh, uh, key takeaway from this conversation that what would be Mr. Malhotra? What would be your advice to all those who want to be you know uh, sculpting their thoughts through writing? So one quick advice, one or two quick advices. From where they should start. Well, if when I write a book, I always think of what is the actual transformation or outcome I want to produce for the reader. Okay, and I want to make it about them, not about me. So, if I, if I'm going to talk about my myself, it has to be in the context of giving them something for them. So, I always put the the actual reader at the center of my book. but I always ask myself before i put pen to paper is what is the actual outcome or takeaway that i want them to take after reading my book so i always start with the end in mind i don't want to put a book for the sake of putting a book my book for example impossible to fail was actually for the indian market and i wrote it for young people in india because a lot of people are afraid of failing and so it was a very specific self help book to help people understand 
that the only way to success is by failing. If you avoid failure, you avoid success, but also giving them some time-tested fundamentals on how to achieve a lot more in life. So I wrote the book with a very specific outcome. Before I started to write it, I knew what the outcome was and I knew who I wanted to speak to. I wanted to speak to people who are like my brothers and sisters, a younger version of me, but today they're not pursuing their dreams because of the fear of failure. Rather than just putting out a, another motivational book, it was a very specific outcome that I wanted to create. So my number one advice is before you start to write something for the sake of writing, if you want to be successful, ask yourself, what is the outcome and who are you specifically writing it for? And what is the problem that you're going to solve for them? I think that's a really good point. The other thing is, from a marketing perspective, you've got to get the headline right. The headline, the actual title of the book must be intriguing. If the, if the title of the book is not fascinating, no matter how good your book, people will not read it until it becomes successful first. So you're going to have a lot of problems in the beginning. So the title is very important. And my advice, something I've learned through experience, the shorter the title and the more powerful the title, the better it works. So I went for my first book title, Eight Wealth Habits of Financially Successful People. Now I put three word titles, The Success Answer, Impossible to Fail. At the end of this year, I have my new book coming out, The Wealth Answer. They're simple, solid, powerful titles. So that's, they, 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 that would be my number one recommendation. Okay. Uh, Pugy, from a, a publisher's especially perspective, and you have been an author yourself also, just tell me one or two things which when a manuscript comes to you. So you look at it and you say, okay, I'm going to publish it. It's going to click. So what is it that you are looking for? Actually, we have an editorial board and there are three uh, gentlemen there. And one thing is that when a manuscript comes to us, within two months, it is decided whether we are going to publish it or not. Okay, but let's say, let's say, let's say that something reaches your table. Okay. And uh, let's say that, uh, what is it, you, your advice to uh, 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 not only a new author, but somebody who has done a couple of books, but somebody who's really not been able to, you know, break into the big league. So what's your advice that what is it? What is the basic ingredient? Basic thing is that the English should be good, should be you no know, typo should be there. Because you can do a spell check, which is very easy to do. And get it added, uh, beautifully added, added uh, everything should be done and make it read to your friends and family so they can point out something to you. And they just, just go through a glance through two pages and the typos are there, the editing is They're always short of running of time. So we hardly get a lot of time to go through the last page. It is just the first 10, 15 pages that decide the fate of the medicine. Right. Thank you both of you for coming and joining us. I think we had a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. Uh, Mr. Murutra, very best of luck for your next book. And I hope that you keep on writing. Uh, Thank you. Keep on writing more and more. And uh, fortunately, we have uh, one of the biggest publishers with us. So you keep on publishing more and more. So, and I, I think PUG yeah, has been a long time. I think you need to come out with another book of yours also. <laughs> so we are looking forward to it. There are very few publishers, you know, the, who write also so well. So I am looking forward to it. And thank you, speaking. Uh, Deepshika, I don't think she, uh, she, she is here, but 
थैंक यू दीपशिखा फॉर इनवाइटिंग ऑल थ्री ऑफ अस एंड मानिक एंड निजहांश एंड द रेस्ट ऑफ द टीम थैंक यू सो मच